welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast, a show about nutrition, dietitians, and their success stories. This podcast, hosted by Kate Agnew and Marie Ferguson, will empower you to realize your professional dreams by giving you access to our global community of dietitians. Through our conversations with nutrition leaders, we'll educate you, inspire you, and help you create more impact as a dietitian. Welcome to our first bite-sized chats with dietitians and we're so grateful to have Lindy and Leanne joining us today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules, ladies. I really appreciate it. Of course. Welcome. (laughs) And I understand it was your birthday yesterday, Leanne. Did you have a nice birthday? I did. There was lots of cake and lots of rosé involved. Mm, (laughs) (laughs) So ladies, how have you been doing in this period that we're in at the moment, which is, as they keep saying, unprecedented, but it is unprecedented. Um, Start with you, Lindy. How are you managing? I'm doing really great. (laughs) I've got to say I'm an extrovert Mm -hmm. and yet something about lockdown feels so calming In fact, I feel almost free of my anxiety, which is something I've had for about nine years. I'm just feeling quite calm. And I think it's because I've let go of some of that pressure I put on myself to always produce, to be um, busy all the time, to always be, especially with things like content, to really just be pushing and pushing. And one of the things I was struggling with before all of this happened is a total lack of inspiration about things that I wanted to talk about, especially when it comes to turning up online. Because after, what, seven years of turning up on Instagram, it just feels like repetition to me and I'm sick of hearing it and I think other people are too. So I had a total lack of inspiration with Instagram and it's a very exhausting platform. So I actually took quite a big chunk of time off social media. And since doing that, I just have so many more ideas and ways of phrasing things. And and I've I've really just been taking note of questions I've been asked just so I can really make sure I'm answering those questions for people instead of just trying to come up with content all the time. So uh, to answer your question, I think I'm I'm actually doing really well. Mm. It's been great. It's interesting because I feel like I suffer quite a bit from anxiety as well. And I've definitely felt better with my anxiety levels at the moment too. But I wonder if it's because it's so taken out of our control, like it's not, whereas our normal anxieties are things that are kind of in our world that we have some control over. That's whereas it. this is just so out of, out of our control. So yeah, yeah I, I am um, the same with you on that one, Lindy. Um, I did notice you took a break off Instagram, but I think that's really important as you said to, to do that at times when you're not feeling inspired and, and great result that you got your mojo back. And I think there's a fear that if we if we step off social media, then it'll mess with the algorithm and no one will know who we are and mm. <laughs> all that stuff. I don't buy into that. I, I think produce good content that's very interesting to people and post it when it feels right for you. Don't follow a schedule. What ends up happening is you end up just posting stuff for the sake mm. of stuff and you yeah. fill people's feed with more noise and we don't need more noise in the nutrition world. Mm-hmm. So just wait for the inspiration rather than, following that schedule. What about you, Leanne? How are you managing? 
I'd have to agree totally. I'm the same. Like I get quite anxious, particularly with social media. And I think what makes me anxious is looking at all the comments and the DMs and the messages and the emails. And just during this time, I've just been like, I've actually used that time to clear some of my inboxes and clear my emails. Mm -hmm. So for the first time ever, I feel like I'm on top of everything, which is really nice. And actually just using the time to be like, it's okay if I want to watch Netflix for an hour during my lunch break. Whereas normally I'd be like eating my lunch at my desk and doing everything I need to be doing. So instead of like hustling 24 seven, I've sort of used the time to step back as well, which has been really lovely. So I feel like it's, it's been a really big positive for me as well. So do you both feel like you're working less than normal? Yeah, I, I'm definitely working less. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still finding it hard to not work on the weekends, um, but I, I'm definitely thinking my hours have reduced. I'm sleeping in, which is really nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really good about working harder, not necessarily working more. Mm. What about you, Leanne? Are mm. you working the same or more? Or I'd less? say I'm probably working the same, mm-hmm. but only because I've got quite a few things like coming up towards the end of the year, like we're getting married at the end of the year, then we've got some travel plans and that sort of thing. So my thing now is to like hustle hard so I can actually have that like full month off and that sort of thing and not having to do that stuff if, mm-hmm. if I may be overseas and that sort of thing. So I think I'm working just as hard, but spread out more. So I'm like using times where I might be out for brunch with family or out about wandering the shopping center on a Saturday and actually doing some work there as well and not feeling bad for working on a weekend, but also being like, I'm going to take two hours and watch a Netflix movie on a Tuesday, you know, two o'clock and not feel bad about that either. Whereas normally that would be my work hours. So working completely different random hours. Mm -hmm. And also like with my exercise, like I used to get up at like five 30 in the morning. And this morning I did my workout at like nine o'clock, which, and which meant I didn't start my work day till about 10 30, but then that was okay as well. It actually makes me feel really good rather than sticking to the strict schedule. I think so many of us are under. So it's been really nice in terms of flexibility lately, I think. So interesting, that work-life balance, which there is really no work-life balance. Like I always feel guilty when I'm working on the weekend, but like you say, does it really matter if then you're doing Netflix on Tuesday at 2 p.m.? Like Exactly, yeah. yeah. So have you, is this something you potentially want to take out of the other side of COVID-19? I think so. I've always been someone that always works seven days a week, particularly when I had my hospital job and then my online business as well. For years, I was juggling the full-time job and then all the social media stuff as well. So I'm someone who's used to working seven days a week, but instead of it being like seven days and 12 hour days, it's like I might just be a couple of hours on a Saturday or a couple of hours on a Tuesday, which is really nice as well. So I don't feel like that pressure to constantly be working all the time and actually allowing myself to do this or do something fun or do a little bit of yoga or foam rolling or something like that which before I'd be like, oh, no, I'm too busy. I don't have time for that. Yeah. So it's been nice to be able to spread my day out a little bit like more throughout the week, I think, and allow myself to do things that I want to do without being on a strict sort of schedule about it, yeah. which is nice. There's something definitely freeing about that. Mm. What about you, Linda? Because you said you're working less. So how are you, how are you using that extra time? Um, I, I am not someone who can work seven days a week. I feel like I need big chunks of open space so that I have – enough energy to feel creative again. And that's a bit of a challenge actually. So my husband works in my business with me nowadays. So <laughs> finding that on off switch can be so hard because he is the kind of person that can work, you know, 10 PM at night, you know, lying in bed and can roll over and go, Oh, did you see that <laughs> customer response? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, I'm just getting really good at setting those lovely clear boundaries and I think one of the things that I've happened that I can relate to with you, Leanne, is I, I finally feel like all those tasks that I've been meaning to do for so long, I found 
I've made the time to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I did is I completely refilmed one of my programs called Keep It Real, which is for um, to help people stop binge and emotional eating. And uh, we smashed it out and we just looked, reviewed the entire program and thought, how can we do better? It's one of those things where I had this product that was doing great, but I just knew I could do better because, you know, this is four years after I released it. Um, once people sign up, they always have access to the content. So I just wanted to make it the best I could. And so without having the pressure of constantly, the pressure in my mind to constantly keep up with those things that I previously had, we got around to doing this. And as a result, I've, you know, I've actually seen twice as many subscribers Mm. um, to the program. And especially at the moment in COVID, we have a lot of people who are really stressing out about being at home and overeating. And um, I posted this YouTube video about three months ago because I decided to get on yet another social media platform. I don't know why. (laughs) I thought it was a good idea at the time. I think I'm crazy but I posted this video about how to stop binge and emotional eating and no one really cared when I put it out there, you know, like a few hundred people and my mom were like, great job. Um, but somehow it's now gotten a lot of traction, I guess, because of the climate. And now it's up to almost 400,000 views, which for me is a lot of, it's a lot of views. And it really just like helps feed people towards Keep It Real. Now Keep It Real is this awesome product. Um, and I've also had more time to do more CPD stuff, things that I normally, you know, I don't make the time to do it as regularly as I should. And I've just had a really good chunk of learning and, and, um, I've had a lot of dietitians sign up to things like keep it real, because I think so often as dietitians, we can postpone our own learning because we're so busy. Um, binging is something that affects, um, dietitians and nutritionists too. And so it's really good to see them coming through that program. Mm. I just think there is something in there about um, working smarter, not harder, and mm-hmm. what the creativity that can come from that and focusing on the, the right things rather than just doing work for busy work for the sake of being busy. Amen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what have been some of the challenges during this period of time for both of you? Leanne, maybe we'll start with you. Um, I think it's probably my biggest challenge is just spreading myself too thin and just trying to do everything. So I really sat back and I was um, about to launch sort of like a mastermind um, around self-sabotage and emotional eating before kind of COVID hit. And that I just put on pause because it was sort of like a higher end investment. And I just thought, I just don't feel right promoting this and asking this much money from people during these times so people are losing their jobs. So for me, it was really stepping back in me and like, what do people need right now? And instead of doing that, I took like two weeks and made a free recipe book and I was like, if that's something that I can do to actually help people during this time and get them through. And then I flipped that mastermind into smaller um, little webinars that I've been offering online as well. Mm -hmm. So rather than trying to do everything that I had planned out, I just took a step back and went right during this climate, what are things that people need? And I've just put all of my focus into like two or three little mini projects and put everything else on hold. Mm -hmm. And also coming into COVID as well, I was about to launch a whole nother separate business, um, Lean Green Living, which is all focused on health products that are good for our body, but also good for the environment. And also, again, I just put all of that on hold because I'm like, I just can't see myself authentically promoting that at the moment and asking people to buy, 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 buy when there's so much like suffering and that sort of thing going on at the moment. So I really put my focus on just giving out as much quality, good content for either free or very, very low cost at the moment. 
I've just been focusing on two to three areas. So I don't see that as more of a challenge. Well, the challenge for me was to be able to stop those things that I've been planning for almost a year and be like, let's just put that on hold for now. It's not going anywhere and actually just completely change direction and go towards another route. So for me, that was a challenge because I'm that type A perfectionist. And I was like, oh, but I've been working on this so hard. I don't want to stop it. And then go completely different routes. So that was a challenge, but I've sort of come out the other side of that now feeling so much better for that as well. And every time I do say, you know, here's my free recipe book, here's these podcast episodes we did specifically for COVID, totally free. I feel so good about promoting that because it's offering so much value to people. And it's very, I guess, specific about the things that they're going through at the moment. So challenge and then kind of flipped it. (laughs) Yeah, challenge. And I think turning that into an opportunity and actually had that as a a later question, which you've answered now in terms of, you know, what have you been doing for your community right now? And you were pretty quick to put out those free webinars around emotional leading, which I thought was fabulous. Mm. Lindy, perhaps you've got the same thing, a challenge you've turned into an opportunity. Well, I, I so agree with you, Leanne, that the challenge is how not to be profiteering off something that's really tough for so many people mm-hmm. and to really just be supporting them. And it's in, it's in the minutia and the detail of how you're talking about things and a consciousness, like even if you're creating a recipe, am I using affordable ingredients? But beyond that, am I using ingredients that people can actually access at the moment? Because, you know, let's not be including things like saffron or even things that, you know, for a while there, we couldn't get those essentials. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was a bit of a slap in the face to to pop that content out there and then you know I, I you get people writing to you saying like very nice recipe but I can't do anything with it mm-hmm. so I think for me it's just been an you know an even more emphasis on getting that affordable content um, with my program back to basics one of the cool features is that it all the recipes they integrate directly with online supermarkets. So things like Woolworths. So you click a button and all those, but all the ingredients for the recipes get automatically added and then you can get online delivery. Of course, during COVID, no one could get online delivery unless you were, you know, um, in isolation. So I had a lot of customers being like, well, I don't have full functionality of your product right now. Um, of course, that was completely out of my control. Um, but for them, that was a definite yeah. compromise to the convenience of why they might use back to basics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, I think you know, one of the things I did is I offered a six week subscription to back to basics for anyone who is going through financial distress yeah. because people do end up saving money when they do it because you know, your meals are more planned out and they're budget conscious than people do. So I offered that. And the only, the only entry to do that was to send my team an email and just to kind of tell me a bit about yourself and what was happening at the moment. And so that was really great because it was no cost to me to invite extra people into the program. Um, and for them, I could hear their stories and really feel a bit more connected to people who were struggling um, or people who are essential care workers and, and what we might do to, to help them. Mm. I saw that too, Lindy. I thought that was another great way to engage with your community during this time and just provide value, which is fabulous. And it felt good. Like, you yeah, know, it feels good. We all like yeah. to feel good. So <laughs> yeah. and it feels when you're giving, you, you feel good. Um, so did you find it a challenge during this time in terms of, because I went back and looked at your Instagram feeds in terms of how much content was COVID versus, yes, Lindy, you're both nodding. Yeah. So how did you go about walking your way through that thought process? 
Um, yeah, I can go. Um, I guess for me, like I, I sort of, I follow a lot of, of doctors and medical, I guess, um, profiles on social media. So I just sort of thought, you know what, the COVID sort of stuff, I'm going to leave to them. A lot of people were talking about flattening the curve, social isolation. And I thought, you know, I'm a dietitian. I love to talk about health, wellness, and just being holistic in general. But during this time, what's the one thing that people are struggling the most? Nutrition. So I really focused my content around like nutrition, psychology, and behaviors of eating and left all of the other sort of stuff up to more of those experts in that field. I was like, I don't feel the need to put COVID in every caption. And then I did one or two posts about it and I got feedback from people um, just through DMs that were basically like, love what you do, but all this COVID stuff is giving me anxiety. would love for you to just post about general nutrition. So that was just the feedback from my community. So I honestly, if you look back through my feeds, I haven't got much COVID related stuff, but it's just the day-to-day things that people were struggling with. It was the overeating, the boredom eating. Now I'm at home and I'm wandering in and out of my kitchen. It was that sort of content that I was trying to create. And I did weigh up like during this time when I've got these other opportunities I'm trying to create for people and help them out. How much content should I be putting out? I'm actually spending more time on social media throughout my platforms than I previously was because I find that more people are at home and they're on social media more. Mm. So I'm sort of using this time to build up um, my tribe and myself across different platforms. And I find that that's actually really increased my engagement on social media, increased the downloads on my podcast, um, massively increased my TikTok following during this time because it's something that I guess people need. So it's more like the more content I put out, the more I was helping people. So I actually chose to put more effort. Whereas previously I was like, I need to stay off social media for my anxiety and my own mental health. Whereas during this time I'm on, I'm posting, you know, two times a day on some platforms just because I feel like that's what people um, want. And that was the feedback I was getting through this time, but more just health generally, not COVID generally, if that makes sense. Mm. I think there's something to be said about, you know, how all the, the state premiers and the health officers are doing their daily briefings. I think there is mm-hmm. something about being present and being consistent during mm-hmm. this time as well. So that's probably what you're seeing with your community, Leanne. Mm-hmm. And, and you, Lindy? Uh, I mean, I think it's amazing that you were able to turn up on social media. Mm-hmm. I did not. <laughs> I couldn't. I... I definitely felt totally overwhelmed, just in the beginning, really, of, of all the news and, the, and, and every post was COVID and I was just like, oh, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't even want to read this. I don't even want to turn up on social media right now. And as a result, and perhaps it was a really selfish decision, but I just had to remove my, myself from social media and there was that voice in the back of my head being like, yeah, Lindy, but think of all the things you could be talking about and the opportunities and the stuff. And I just, I couldn't. Yeah. And so I went MIA and I had, you know, people DMing me being like, Hey, Lindy, just checking. Are you okay? You're not turning up. Like, and I, and I know it's kind of like this service that we turn up for other people, but I, um, and I didn't. <laughs> I, I think that's okay too though, Lindy, because mm. you know, we've got to take care of ourselves first. And if you, totally. you can't do that in that time, you can't yeah. do it. Like, like not, the, the aeroplane where you've got to take care of yourself before you put the life mask on someone else. So Totally. And I'm not regretting it in the slightest. In fact, I would do it again really quickly. I feel so good right now. And for me to be able to say that is so great. Um, you know, it was very much a practicing what I preach kind of thing. I just like took care of myself and, and I, I feel so much more re-energized to turn up and, and do stuff now. And interestingly, since I've started posting on social media again, which was only last week, um, my content's been really well received because I have stuff to say again, which is so nice. 
Um, and also I find managing DMs on Instagram very intense and overwhelming. And the more you post, the more DMs you get. So it's almost like <laughs> the more free content you put out, the more effort you have to go and respond to people. And it kind of feels like a duty of care, especially when you're dealing in a space around eating disorders and you're dealing with people who are really sick. Um, yeah, it could be, be draining. So we've got to take care of ourselves. Mm. So I think that's a really important message for everyone. There's no one size fits all either. You have to do what's right for you at that particular point in time. Um, so it's not like you we definitely shouldn't be doing the shoulds that we need to should be doing this yeah and people won't forget about you like I think that's a fear we have like if if we just stop turning up and like everything everything we'll work towards will just be obsolete that's not the case mm. you just you might actually come back stronger and better did you tell them that you were going to disappear or did you just disappear, Wendy? Just no, I just, I just, just disappeared. I just disappeared. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to disappear. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. I was just curious as to whether there was messaging or not. No, I, you know, I don't even think people think about me that much in their day to day lives. You know, they say that, you know, we think everyone's thinking about us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally like two people messaged and like yeah. no one else cared. <laughs> but yeah, it's something we think about at DC as well. Cause it's, it's a definitely a big mouth to feed. <laughs> and Leanne, you're you're on TikTok now I was because ask about that. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> fun. It's so fun. I can't dance. I'm not dancing on TikTok. I'm literally just putting out nutrition content on TikTok. But for me, like, and to add to what you were saying, Lindy, like, I did feel reading all the COVID stuff. I just felt completely overwhelmed. I was like, I don't want to read this. I've got elderly family members. I've got people that I know that are very high risk, and I, it just made me anxious. So when I was going on social media, I was checking my, I was posting myself, checking my comments and checking my DMs and getting the heck off. I wasn't spending the time engaging with other lovely pages that I normally know and love and engage in that sort of thing. That just made me more anxious. So even though I was on multiple platforms multiple times a day, it was really just for my own things. And because any more than that did make me really anxious. So I guess I was in my own little bubble of my own pages and my own content and not having time to um, support and comment on everyone else's stuff as well because I found that that just reading all the COVID stuff made me more anxious. So I feel like for me that helped me get through was putting myself in a bubble and avoiding most of that and just focusing on what I was doing and the content that I was putting out. So maybe that's how I sort of managed it that way. But I, I did see it as an opportunity to get on another platform. And I know that listening to you, Marie, I've always wanted to do YouTube. And I was like, this is going to be my time on YouTube. <laughs> Hasn't happened. Um, you've done TikTok instead. <laughs> but I've done TikTok instead, <laughs> done podcasts instead. And I'm like, maybe YouTube one day. But I think just the thought of like having to put on makeup and dress up every day and, and you know, add captions to videos and edit them is, is mm. too much for me. So yeah. I really just sort of focused on the couple of platforms that I've had and, and putting out content on there and, and trying to learn what works best. And it's funny because TikTok's very much like younger people. So the content that I would put out on Instagram and not think twice about it, I'm finding myself like overanalyzing on TikTok. Like I'm like, I can't just put up a post and be like, um, Oh, what was something I did the other day? Just like, you know, like um, I did something on intermittent fasting. Normally for adults, it's like if they want to do that or that's something that they've been exploring, like, you know, Mm. it could be healthy for an adult. It could be done well. But for a child, like I would never suggest intermittent fasting if there was a 12-year-old online. And just Mm. the amount of comments I got about kids just giving breakfast and just being like, well, why can't a 12-year-old do intermittent fasting? And I'm just like, how does a 12-year-old even know about intermittent fasting? And so just being very careful of the content that I put out. I can't just use content that I've done on Instagram. For TikTok, it's completely mm. different content, completely mm. different messaging mm-hmm. across the different platforms as well. So, just being a bit conscious of that, I think when when it, 
um, dietitians do want to start on TikTok. It's very much like the 12 to 16 year old crowd. Everything is about how can I lose weight loss? How can I lose weight? How can I do fasting? There's like a workouts in two weeks. There's like all these two week challenge kind of things going on. So it's very much a, a very teen focused app. Mm. Uh, more and more adults are definitely getting on it and using it. But just the content that we put on there, just be very careful with it, I think. Um, and the interpretations of it as well. That's a great point. I mm. think thinking about the audience, because we talked about whether we should do it for Dietitian Connection. And I was like, I don't want another mouth to feed. <laughs> but too, yeah. we talked about the audience and we thought that it would be a much younger audience, which isn't our audience. So It's much yeah. younger than I even thought. Like I didn't really, like, I get, I get questions. And normally when I put up things, I'm like, happy to answer some questions. Please tell me your age. I always put this disclaimer and it's like, hi, I'm nine. And um, my dad says that I should um, eat breakfast every day, but I don't want to. What do you think? And it's like, mm. you're nine. Wow. Like I was thinking maybe like, Oh, 14, 15 at the youngest, but I've had eight year olds message me. And I actually specifically turned my DF off, uh, my DMs off on TikTok on purpose, but it's bad because then they just come through Instagram and and send me DMs through there. But at least then I can click and I can see their photos and be like, you're no older than 10 or 12 and reply appropriately. And I've just got this disclaimer saying, you know, children shouldn't be A, focusing on calories, trying to lose weight, you're still growing, learn to nourish your body, et cetera, and just send this generic kind of thing through. But turning my DMs off on TikTok is something I would recommend for everybody because the younger audience is like 10 times more engaged than what, in, what adults yeah, are. Yeah. So the engagement that I'm seeing on that platform is tenfold to any other platform. And then having said that, you're going to get 10 times as many DMs, 10 times as many messages, 10 times yeah. as many emails from very, very young children. So it is something to think about and something that I have learned, yeah. I guess, over the last month or so. I think it's important for dietitians to think about not just jumping on the latest platform, but does it actually fit what they're trying to do and who they're trying to reach? Exactly. Um, yeah. And you can't do every platform. I mean, something like, uh, I don't have a podcast for them for the reasons I just don't have the time to do it, but I could imagine how much work it is to producing, promoting. Um, and, and I'm doing YouTube and YouTube is like <laughs> huge effort. And the audience on YouTube is very different. They are very international. Majority of my audience do not live in Australia, which is very different for me because my Instagram is very Australian. Um, and they ask questions, they're, they're much less informed. Someone who's on Instagram, they almost have a bit of a, a, a starting point. Um, and what blows me away across all social media platforms is how many people think they can get great nutrition advice via the DM section on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube comments. It blows my mind. Mm. Yeah. And we talk about this at Dietitian Connection a lot too because we were on so many platforms and I don't recommend it. I think it's best to just do a couple that you can do really well because we often talk about, like you said, it's just pointing noise out, Lindy. It's not often, you know, it, not as high quality as you might want it to be if you're just focusing on one or two platforms. Mm-hmm. So if you had one tip for dietitians out there in terms of building and engaging your community, what would that be for you, Leanne? One tip. Um, I would say create real content. And I think you're seeing it more and more on Instagram these days where it's like unfiltered, no, not a totally beautiful bowl of porridge, oats and that sort of thing. Like some of my best engaging content has been stuff that I've kind of forgotten to edit or I didn't get out my professional camera or, you know, I filmed it just on my iPhone instead of on my camera. Like it's sort of that more raw, unedited, but I'm like, you know what, this is really good content. I'm just going to put it up. I can't be bothered filming it. So I think a lot of the time we get bogged down and having to have the perfect photo or having to have the perfect caption. But I think 
listening to your audience, like they'll always tell you what they want to hear. And as Lindy said, like, I feel like I talk about the same things over and over and over and over and over again. And it's been, you know, seven years, six, seven years that I've been on Instagram now as well, but the message still lands every single time. And I think it's just those basic health messages. Like every time I post about, you know, 95% of Australians aren't eating enough vegetables. It's like, oh my God, I need to start there. That's something I need to focus on. And it's just coming back to basics, but trying to sell that in a sexier way than it's just like eat more vegetables. Like, you know, when I talk about it from a gut health and a prebiotic perspective, people are like, oh my goodness, like vegetables. Wow. But when I'm like, yeah, eat more vegetables, guys, it'll help with weight loss. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't land. So it's just taking those same messages, but then spinning them over and over and putting it on what's trending, like looking for what's trending. Like I got a lot of traction around the whole celery juice thing, but I was talking about it from more of like a gut health perspective and a perspective where it's like, yeah, celery is wonderfully healthy, but you don't have to drink it because it tastes like ass. And that for me was getting really great engagement because people were thinking that it's like this wonderful miracle elixir in a cup or something. So taking what's trending and then just putting those basic nutrition messages underneath it, I think has always worked really well for me. So really being across what's trending and whether that means, you know, I read terrible things like, you know, like the daily mail every day, just to see what's trending and then to take that message and, and put it somewhere else and put some basic, um, you know, scientific evidence-based nutrition messages underneath it. Mm-hmm. I find All that right. well for me. Thank you. What about you, Lindy? I think the best thing you can do is work out what you're really good at and use that to turn up the best way you can on social media. So for example, I think that if I had a look at my own skill sets, I'm not actually that good at food photography, but I think I can write pretty well because I've been working on that for many years. And I also think I can turn up on camera pretty well. So those feel like unique things that I work well. So this is why I've chosen Instagram Mm -hmm. and and YouTube because I just don't think I'm going to be that amazing on any of the other social platforms. So Mm -hmm. find what you're good at. Maybe you're really funny. And, and, and then if that's the case, go on TikTok and even Instagram stories can be a great place if you're a really funny person. If you're not funny and you're, well, it could be funny, but you're more scientific and you really love all that kind of nitty gritty, then, mm-hmm. um, you know, Twitter or even Facebook could be your beautiful audience that want to hear these things. And people do Instagram really well with all that kind of um, nitty gritty science details. Um, and, and then the other thing is uh, dietitians are not your competition. We do not fight against each other. I think there's this idea that there's only a certain amount of space for a certain number of dietitians to be you know, at the top or to be followed, and that's nonsense. Because if you think about when someone has a collection of recipe books, they don't just buy one book by one author. They'll have, they have Nigella, they have Jamie, they have... Mm-hmm. You know, Donna Hay, they have a huge collection of stuff because, you know, we don't just get information from one place. Maybe we're going to turn up and, and listen to Leanne's podcast and we're going to go on YouTube and we'll watch me on YouTube. And then we turn up on Instagram and we see all these beautiful feeds from different dietitians giving us fresh ideas. So just because you see another dietitian who's like doing what you want to be doing, don't let that stop you from doing it because your unique experience, um, that you bring that into it because that's what makes it different. And sometimes, you know, your mother can tell you to do something and it's like, who cares? But your best friend tells you to do the exact same thing in just the right way. And it hits home. Mm -hmm. So you might be that person for someone to turn up, pick your social media channel and just say, use your experience and your expert knowledge to kind of create something that's a story that people can really engage with. Mm. I really like that because for so long I've, 
wanted to, again, the shoulds that I should be on video on Insta stories more. And my sister tells me when I'm on video that I look like a hostage video. <laughs> <laughs> sisters, <laughs> Thank God huh? sisters, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's often true. Like it's not my strength. Um, and we actually went to a Seth Godin uh, online workshop last week and he was saying, you know, to have a brand, you don't actually need to be necessarily even the face of it. So for Dietitian Connection, like we can actually be behind the scenes and putting out great content. We don't actually have to have our face out there all the time. So I guess, I mean, both of you, you are your brand, so that's a little bit different, but just get, to get people to think about they don't have, if it's not your strength, then you don't necessarily have to do it and still be successful. I guess yeah. sort of going back to what works for you. And, and just quickly, Seth Godin is amazing for any, any dietitian who hasn't <laughs> go read his stuff, listen to his stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, one of the things he always talks about is telling that story. So you don't have to be the face of the brand, of course, but you can, you still have a story to tell and you have a belief system that underpins why you do dietitian connection. Yeah. And that's why people turn up because yeah. you're standing for something mm-hmm. and we should all find something to stand for, whether you're using your face to represent it or you're just providing a philosophy and a belief system. Yeah, I'm growing. Mm. Can I add something following sure. on from that as well? Just when we're thinking about dietitians online, like there are so many different dietitians who do so many different things and have so many different beliefs. And I think for us as a profession, it's so important that we stand together. And I mm-hmm. see so much fighting online between professionals all the time, particularly in like the weight loss, fat loss, sports nutrition area. And I just think it's ridiculous. Like as dietitians, we will never be taken seriously as a profession mm-hmm. when we're constantly fighting with one another. So if there's somebody that you follow and you don't like their content, then unfollow them. I don't think mm-hmm. the comment section is a place where dietitians should be coming after each other. If you have something that you really, really find wrong about somebody's posts, send them a DM, send them an email, meet them for coffee and have a discussion around around it. It's not something that needs to happen in the comment section of the DMs because all we're doing is confusing the general public and looking like dietitians actually have no idea because we've all got these different opinions and that is absolutely okay. But I really don't think that the more we fight within our profession, the less, um, I guess, serious we're going to be taken by other professions. Um, particularly, you know, the nutritionists and naturopaths, the health coaches, you know, they're all saying the same message, even though that message might not be evidence-based or correct, they're all together and they're all standing together. And the one thing that dietitians don't do well online, and this breaks my heart, is that we go after each other because it's like, we've got to be weight loss focused or haze focused or, um, you know, public health focused or whatever it is. It's like, we think that our opinion is the only correct opinion. So I think it's so important for dietitians to remember that there's not just one right thing or one right right way to do something. And if there is someone posting things that really do irk you, just don't follow them. You don't have to follow other dietitians to be supportive. You know, I don't follow a whole heap of dietitians um, for the reasons that I have completely different understandings of the way that I like to put out my messages and that's okay. And I feel like a lot of dietitians just follow dietitians where I actually enjoy following personal trainers and naturopaths and that sort of thing to see what messages that they are actually putting out. And it doesn't mean that I support their messages. Like I get messages from dietitians all the time saying, why do you follow that naturopath? Like I don't understand it all. You know, for one, um, for a long time I was like, following Pete Evans on Facebook and people are like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, I'm just genuinely curious about the messaging that other people are putting out. It doesn't mean I support it, but it also doesn't mean that I'm going to rag on them and try and bring them down in the comment section. Cause I think it just makes us look bad as a profession. So I think that's an important message. I'm so glad you brought that up at the DAA Queensland symposium. Gosh, it was just before we went into lockdown, 
um, that conversation came up and I was just like, we just need to be kinder to each other, especially even more so now in this period is we just need to be kind to, to each other. And mm. oftentimes dietitians, I think, are doing um, the language in terms of meeting the, the consumer or the public or their communities, you know, the language that they want to hear messages in, which isn't necessarily the scientific evidence-based message that a dietitian might talk to another dietitian in. And, and that's okay. So I totally mm-hmm. agree with you. Can we... Um, yeah, not go on the attack and, and just know that there's different perspectives and different ways of doing things and that's okay and I agree with you. We need to be united. Otherwise, you know, I just think that that's the only way to go and that gets back to what you were saying earlier, Lindy, in terms of we've, there's a space for all of us and we just need to work together. We're actually stronger together, which is why we have Dietitians Unite, our annual event, which hopefully <laughs> will be in October. <laughs> Um, on that note, um, perhaps we could end with just one silver lining. I know you had this on your Instagram, uh, Lindy, that you've had through this period and what you'd like to take out the other side. Apart from not wearing bras. I know, I loved that one. That <laughs> and sleeping in were my top two. <laughs> I've been loving it. Sil- silver lining is permission to be kinder to ourselves and practice what we preach. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And yeah. I think, I don't know if it's silver lining, but I think my whole thing was just like, let the perfectionism go. And I've just been spruiking my my 10% better mantra in every aspect of life. It's like no day is going to be perfect. And the minute you expect Mm -hmm. perfection, you fail. So just aim for 10% better every day, whether that's within your business, within yourself, within your health journey, whatever it is, just aim for that tiny, tiny amount of progress. And the minute that we just think, oh my God, I failed and write off the whole day, we never really learn anything. Whereas we can always find that tiny 10%, that one extra Mm -hmm. step we can do even if it's like 10 p.m. at night and we have the worst day ever, we can spend five minutes doing some meditation or something and turn that day into a 10% better positive sort of day. So for me, the silver lining is just getting rid of the perfectionism. We can never control the external circumstances and just learning to kind of go with the flow a little bit more and aim for 10% better, whatever the situation that you find yourself in. Yeah. I love that because I tend to focus on all the things I didn't get done for the day and I don't usually focus on the positives because I'm the perfectionist as well. And I watched a webinar because I've been watching a lot of webinars too um, with Mark Boris a couple of weeks ago and he actually talked about the positive wins. So he starts the day with positive wins and his positive start, his positive win to start the day is his breakfast, which is oats, honey and olive oil. I'm like, what a bizarre combo that is. But he, when he does that, he's had a win for the day. And like today's been good. If he doesn't get anything else done, he started the day well. So I'm trying to do that, like focus on the wins that I've had in the day and it could just be having breakfast in the morning. <laughs> I do. This is my wins journal. It's the pinkest, sparkliest book I could possibly find in the whole big W. And um, it's my wins journal. And I write three things down in here every day. And some days it's like smashed a workout, uh, made the best tuna salad for lunch and had a client who had this win. And other days it's like, won two bucks on a scratchy, had an extra glass of water today. Like it's just like tiny, tiny little things made my bed, which I don't really normally do at all, which is terrible. But like for me, that might be a win. So just finding, it's almost like gratitude, like finding three tiny little areas to focus on, which are the positives. And then like they say, like where your attention goes, your energy flows. The more you focus on the positives, the more you're going to get those positives. So grab a sparkly wins journal and write them down is is my, is my tip. (laughs) What a great way to end our conversation. It's been so lovely to chat to you both and um, hear how you've been doing this time. And we hope that the Dietitian Connection community are going to get a lot of value out of the upcoming conversations that we're going to have with different dietitians on different topics and different areas. So thank you so much for kicking us off on the first 
bite-sized chats with dietitians. Thank you. Yeah, happy. Happy to be here. Thanks, Marie. Thanks, Marie. (laughs) Thanks for listening, wherever in the world you're tuning in from. If you did enjoy this podcast episode, we would really appreciate if you could leave a review for us. Leaving a review actually means the podcast gets to more dietitians and it can only elevate our profession if we work together. So please hit that review button. Tell us and other people what you thought about this episode. Another way to share your learnings from this episode and keep the conversation going is to take a screenshot of your phone screen, add your message and share it on social media. Don't forget to tag us at Dietitian Connection so we can share it with our following of over 30,000. Tell us what you learned and what future topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to access the show notes, they are available at dietitianconnection.com forward slash podcasts. Dietitian Connection is a global community and we offer free professional development, job opportunities, resources and connections. We're committed to bringing dietitians together so we can create more impact and elevate our profession. And you can easily become a Dietitian Connection member for free by signing up at dietitianconnection.com.